Hello, and welcome to Liberate Your Soul, a podcast designed to quiet the inner imposter, awaken you to truths known within all of us, so that you can discover your purpose, heal heart wounds, and find where you fit in to feel whole and allow you to make positive, lasting impact on the world. I'm your host, Kelly Pierce, a certified business and personal coach. I help you find your authentic self in order to come from a confident decision-making place, an Akashic Records guide, Reiki master, and RTT therapist in the making. I'm a fellow seeker, and I've found that liberating the soul enables anyone to transition from anxiety to acceptance. It is my hope to provide you with inspiration and tools to help you feel confident, joyful, and loved. To learn more or to connect with me, go to www.quantumhighways.com. Hello and welcome back to Liberate Your Soul. We're doing a special series right now on the universal laws and In doing the research for them, I've seen some that say there's 12 universal laws, some that there's seven universal laws. Some people say there's only like three universal laws. And of course, there's always just the golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated. And I've seen a morph on that, treat others how they want to be treated. But in this particular series, we're going to talk about the 12 universal laws, because in my experience and in my estimation, um, there's really been a correlation between how they've been presented to me, how they've showed up in my life, how I've discovered them on my own, and truly the research that I've done like I started saying, right? So we've gone through the first several of them, and today we're going to talk about the law of correspondence. And the law of correspondence can also be linked to the law of patterns. It is so cool, you guys. Like I just got back from a couple of days at the beach, and the law of correspondence is a beautiful law about the outer and inner worlds. I love it because I see it playing out in so many ways on so many different levels in life from what people say to what I think and how I feel to nature and how people interact, Um, whether it's in person or on social media, the list is absolutely endless. But before I get too far pontificating and mooning over the law of correspondence and all the beautiful patterns, we'll go into the actual statement of the law and I'll share with you what some people kind of compare it to, like the law of analogy. And we'll also get into practical examples like we always do on the podcast. I try to bring it back home to give you ways to utilize practical things in your life. And then you can make up your own mind about what um, what can be law, right? Or in the last episode, I think we talked about principles. So if that sounds good to you, um, I'll just assume you either nodded your head, like literally, or maybe internally you just said, yep, or maybe you even agree with me and you're like, yeah, 
yeah, that's great. Do you ever do that? Like talk back to Siri or Alexa or podcasts or the TV? I do. Like I make fun of Google Maps all the time. Like calm down. I can't turn right. There's like a bunch of trees in the way. Or there's a person crossing the street. (laughs) Okay, I'm digressing. So the law of correspondence showing up in your life, if you're ever in a silly mood and suddenly everything is funny and everybody's making jokes, like, what am I, a clown? (laughs) No, my goofiness can shine through Like when I decide to let it fly. And maybe though you might have some somberness and sadness going on in your life. And then all of a sudden the sad songs are reflected on the radio or you see somebody weeping or perhaps even your pets just kind of hunker down near you and they're a little bit more quiet than normal. The law of correspondence states that patterns repeat throughout the universe and on a personal level that our reality is a mirror of what's happening inside us at that moment. So you might think as above, so below, as within, so without. It can also be phrased that there's harmony, agreement, and correspondence between the mental, physical, and spiritual planes. Just like the laws that we've been sharing about to date in this little mini-series here, they do build upon one another. So the laws of divine oneness, vibration, and action all have a say into the law of correspondence. Remember, they're building on each other. So it also ties in to the remaining laws of the universe, which are metaphysical, unseen spiritual laws that aren't necessarily traditional physics, but they're laws that somehow govern what we can notice happening in our lives and the lives of people around us, basically everything in the universe, right? Universal laws. So when we notice and identify that the law of correspondence is happening, we can notice that our actions, our vibrations, they can harmonize and create kind of an anticipation for how we view the world around us and how we have a self-concept of our place within the world, how the world responds to us and our place within it, the divine oneness, and what we're doing to affect our life circumstances. Nature demonstrates patterns and correspondence better than we can see in our lives. So, There's patterns found in leaves, trees have their growth rings, seashells have spirals everywhere. There's patterns in the sand on the sea, patterns in the sand in the desert, there's patterns in molecular structure, patterns in a bee's honeycomb, which is actually hexagonal in shape. And hexagons, as a side note, are the strongest structural shape. And that is just the coolest thing to me. I think bees are brilliant and obviously they're so impactful to our world today. They impact our food source. They're how they um, have patterns in their honey gathering, um, rather pollen gathering, um, and how they all work together to make things happen. There's patterns in zebra stripes, butterfly wings, giraffes markings, spider's webs, bird migrations. The list is endless on the patterns that make up our world. It's just simply extraordinary. And these are just the seen and measurable patterns. 
The ones that are unseen are equally astounding. Everything that is thought on a conscious level has a corresponding origin on the spiritual level. So in other words, everything is connected and in correspondence. The macrocosm is found in the microcosm and vice versa. What happens in the microcosm can be repeated in a bigger and larger pattern in the macro. So there's a great analogy to be had when we think about trees and plants. And you guys know me, I'm always going to bring it back to nature, the things that we can relate to um, and how the law of correspondence can be what we see and what we don't see and how they're related. So if you look at the leaves on any plant or tree, you can see the plant's health and what's going on beneath the surface, um, what the roots are, the correspondence between the roots and the nutrition that the plant is getting and the outward appearance of the tree. You can look and think about the roots almost like your mental component, what's going on in your mind. The leaves you might see as the physical component and the sunshine, air, and water as the spiritual components of correspondence. Each of them impacts the biological living being in some way. The life force of the plant or the tree will be enhanced or decreased based on the quality or quantity of each of them. The same with the person. If they're not taking care of themselves physically, mentally, or spiritually, then life circumstances will end up placing that person in such a state that they either A, wither away and die, B, feel so uncomfortable they make a change, or C, are unpleasant to be around. If they choose option B and make changes they'll begin to see corresponding changes in their lives that directly relate to the changes made in any of the areas provided, mental, physical, or spiritual. So like the plants that give us messages through their leaves, what's going on beneath the surface or what nutrition they need, whether it's more water or you can put coffee grounds in your plants. I had some beautiful bamboo plants that were like, we need this. And I looked it up and it was like, give them coffee grounds to give them whatever phosphorus or something they needed. And they're beautiful now, right? So for instances in our human lives, Let's say that you live life in an open-hearted way, that you identify with many of the high-vibe activities that I shared in episode 69 about vibration, like prayer, meditation, walking in nature, doing yoga, eating healthily, talking about ideas and not people. Generally, you try to be a good person. You'll probably notice that life and the things in life open up to you. Opportunities present themselves for you to help and be of service, that you get the chance to make new friends easily, and that you often get chosen to go first in line. Upgrades happen on a whim, things naturally flow to you, and you kind of win fairly easily when you decide you want to win something. Are you lucky, or is life responding to your positive, kind, and life-sustaining energy? As within, so without, right? When you're living in patterns of goodness, you see that outside of you, good things happen. The law of correspondence. On the other hand, let's say that you've had turmoil happen at points in your life and you haven't yet made the decision to get better. 
So you harbor some bitterness. You live in a state of fear, your mind having been impacted by the neural peptide reactions of stressful situations. You're unsure of who to trust, not sure of where to turn, or how to manage life's tricky situations. You know you're a good person, but you've had some bad things happen to you, so you kind of shut down or turn inward and shrink a little. Down on your luck, you cope with some habits that you're not proud of, but you can't seem to shake. Suddenly, you find yourself in the unfortunate position of being robbed or perhaps in an accident that leaves you having to pay a high deductible on insurance, raising your rates, putting you in even more stressful situation. Or maybe people just kind of shut down around you. Why is that? You were doing okay, but not great. But you had a mindset of distrust inside, so the law of correspondence noticed the chaos that was going inside of your mind, so chaos happened in your external environment as well. Many people have this sort of drama cycle going on, and they can't seem to get out of it. But somehow, some way, there is good news. There's a way to move through it. Awareness is the first step. If this is triggering for you, let's look at that, right? (laughs) Bad things sometimes just happen to good people, right? Well, kind of. First, let's look at your mindset. Do you have a habit of saying, why me? A lot of people do. You can change that into what can I learn from this situation? What is life trying to show me here? And go within to see what emotions are really stirred up when you think of the lover that did you wrong, the bad boss and crappy job situation, the bad grades you got, whatever it is that is unhealed and what bleeding needs to be stopped immediately before proceeding further down the path into a negative state. If you find yourself constantly meeting people who are bad for you, who are narcissists, you can look at what red flags you're ignoring, where your empathy is being exploited, where you might be displaying codependent behavior, where you don't feel safe within yourself. You have relationship patterns that have not quite been buttoned up and made to be peaceful and whole. One thing you can do if you're noticing these patterns is that you can reflect on people who have made you feel safe, what qualities they exude, and what was going on in your life when you met them, how you would like to operate in your chosen state of being, and then make some decisions on who you choose to spend time around. You can see areas and situations where you've been a good friend, or maybe be aware of where you need to improve, and determine how you are going to go about becoming that type of person that safe people want to be around. Looking at your physical situation, the creature comforts of the home you live in, the car you drive, the amount of money in the bank, the type of food you have to fix for dinner tonight, how you feel within your clothing, and even what type of neighborhood you live in. Do you like those things? Do you feel stuck in any of them? Like, this is the hand I was dealt, so I have to stay here. Or would you like for any of them to improve? How would you like them to be in an ideal world? Would you like a tidier, more organized living situation? I watched Marie Kondo's show for the first time, and I was super impressed. I've always wanted to live in like this super organized way, and I've yet to unpack everything in my new home because I 
thought I did a good job getting rid of junk over the last decade, but clearly I have not after watching that show. So back to living life and living in a way of correspondence, right? So in your perfect living situation, does everything have a nice home, a labeled bin, your clothing fit well? Looking at how you live, there's nothing stopping you from having that in your current home now. Honoring what you have, getting rid of things that are taking up psychic residence in your space physically, mentally, emotionally, These are disrupting the pattern of the life that you want. Taking time to clear out and clean up introduces order. And as you know by now, I'm a believer in God and God is a God of order. So when you clean up, you invite order, you invite God, you invite clarity, and you free up mental space and clarity and things just start to work better. Your vibe gets higher and it's another way to invite in abundance making room for the good things when you clean up things that do not spark joy. When you look at the way that you completely um, live your life, when you look around you and you see how things are, your outer world reflects your inner world. So regarding your physical health, how you fit in your clothes, This too, I have room to improve upon seemingly regularly. It's a pattern with me since I used to have an eating disorder when I was a teenager, but I know what it's like to have tight pants and not enjoy the way that things fit or look, but we can all do something about it. Going for walks, using smaller plates to help with portion sizes, understanding when we're eating for emotional reasons and not physical hunger. Switching out things for healthy choices, and little by little, we can save up to a thousand calories per every other day, exercise six days a week. Those micro changes add up. Every hundred calories of no mayonnaise and no couple hundred calories of ice cream, plus a couple hundred calories of exercise add up. Before you know it, you've dropped a pound. You can totally do this. And then you build muscle and you're burning fat and you feel great all of a sudden. Looking at the things around you, again, still looking at your physical environment. What about your car? Like the car. I literally stopped this podcast, like research and planning in order because I'm a closet introvert slash wanting to be extroverted person. So I rarely go anywhere. And honestly, I forget about my car. But when you treat things in in your life with care, they treat you back with longer lives, right? So I got in my car the other day and I was thanking it for forgiving me for not doing what I was supposed to do. And I was thinking about it and I was like, oh my gosh, I totally need to get it in the shop and take care of it. So I scheduled the repairs and it's going to get some, you know, TLC. So I want to celebrate those of you who probably reflect the majority of most of my days. If your life is calm and grounded, relaxed and chill, kind of predictable, (laughs) you probably have a peaceful feeling within as well. Whether you've had it for a long time, like your whole life, or you've done a lot of work to get there like I have, congratulations, you've mastered the art of living a peaceful internal landscape. But what about when somebody messes with your harmonious lifestyle for seemingly no reason? Like 
something or somebody really truly triggers you and you feel a knowingness that they're just not right for you or the situation just isn't appropriate. Well, according to mindyourreality.com, they're going by the seven universal laws like we talked about in the beginning of this episode. And they say that the law of correspondence is also known as the law of analogy. This means that there's that harmony, agreement, and correspondence between the physical, the mental, and the spiritual planes. Put simply, there's no separation since everything, including you, is mind. The only difference is the rate of vibration, as the universal law tells us. So the same pattern is expressed on all planes of existence, from the smallest electron to the largest star, from the visible physical plane to the invisible spiritual plane. Using the law of correspondence, the practical use is that it allows you to logically understand the nature of those things beyond your understanding by studying the nature of those things that you do understand and then finding the analogy. For instance, by understanding the creative aspect of the universal mind, you can precisely understand how your mind creates your reality. You can understand the state of your outer physical world by looking at your inner mental world. Similarly, your inner mental world can be revealed to you by looking at your outer physical world. The new thought author, James Allen, perfectly captured this law when he said, circumstances do not make a man, they reveal him. This means that your outer world circumstances are revealing your inner world, and so to change your circumstances, you must change what you think, which includes how you feel, what you assume, what you believe, and so on. Moreover, the ancient Greek temple of Apollo at Delphi was referring to this great law of correspondence in the inscription, Know thyself, and thou shalt know all the mysteries of the gods and the universe. So, what does that mean when someone rubs you the wrong way? You can ask yourself, why? Why, God, why are they so flipping annoying? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Seriously though, I am an energy practitioner, but I am human and I do have people whose vibes just don't play well with mine. And I ask myself why, and then I sit back and I watch. I watch for incongruencies in the energy field. I watch for what I call tears in the field. I see patterns and rips and pings and sort of inconsistencies in their vibe, whether that's how they talk, how they sound, how they move, how they feel, how they act, what they look like, what is said or not said, how they say things or how I sense them. It's kind of hard to explain to somebody who doesn't have this talent, but I see the energy. Let me give you a for instance. One day, my dad was showing me pictures of the colleagues at his new job, and he was studying me, studying the picture. It was before he knew just how woo-woo I was, or so I thought. Hmm, I said, very nice people. And then Spirit poked me to tell him, and so I did. Watch out for that guy, though. What? Why? My dad asked. Just watch out for him. I don't know. And he asked again, like, why? How do you know? And I said, he's just got kind of a jerk face vibe. (laughs) You'll see. 
Yep, that's what I said. Just looking at a picture. I can just tell. So a month later, we were on the phone, and I was back at home, and he's he's talking to me about stuff, and I asked him, like, how's the job? And he said, it's great. You were right about that guy, though. He's bad news. Mm-hmm. I hope you stayed away from him. <laughs> yeah, it just do be like that sometimes. Another example of what this can look like I just stay away from people who don't vibe with me. Like I sit back and watch, right? I listen and I wait, but like moths do a flame, there's a pattern. They try to come near and I don't let them. I usually, this kind of sounds mean, but I let their own negative energy take them out. You know that expression, give them enough rope to hang themselves? I try to give enough distance and time to let the leopard spots show because, you know, a leopard can't change our spots. So one of my former colleagues whom I absolutely adore, she has this theory. So for you non-energy seers out there, this is going to help you a lot. Anybody can be on their best behavior for like a week or two, right? Like you go on vacation, you have a great time, you're in a beautiful environment, you are like in love with this new person who's like super happy, it's high vibe, whether they're a friend or a suitor, like somebody trying to woo you, they seem so great because you're happy and they're happy and they're behaving their very best. So a month goes by and this new person is trying to keep up the act of being happy-go-lucky you know, they're like Monica on Friends, I'm breezy. <laughs> but then darker sides, they kind of slip through. I just had a bad day at work. Okay, sure. So three months go by. You're starting to see patterns in their behavior. Maybe they slip up. They have other behaviors going on, some moodiness. They are displaying some sort of addiction type of red flags or secretive type of behaviors. Okay, these are red flags. Keep a watch. So now six months go by. Perhaps there's something triggering for them, an anniversary of a death or a divorce or something tragic. You can be there for them. Don't assume the worst, right? Fabulous. But you really truly get to know someone on a deep level at about the year mark. You've seen them in all the seasons. You can now reasonably assume what they're going to do on whatever holidays they celebrate, if they have family issues, how they typically vibe, what's going on, right? It's not the law of averages. It's the law of correspondence, of patterns, and how things manifest in the outer, outer world based on the inner world. So knowing and understanding like the laws build upon themselves, that you're connected, understand that you influence the pattern. Nothing is more demonstrable of this than an ant's nest. Oh my goodness. Have you ever stirred up one of them? Like even accidentally, like one tiny stick and they go crazy. Be careful if you have fire ants though. And they can like really be dangerous. But if you put just one stick on an ant's nest, see what they do. They're all going to work together to get that stick out of here. Like, okay, everybody listen up. We're going to need to adjust all of our lines of travel over here. And you, you, Jimmy, get your crew. We got to get this stick moved and get that hill short up because it looks like rain is coming tomorrow. 
the law of correspondence, the law of patterns, all the things that happen outside of us, they stir up inside of us. And when something doesn't feel right, it isn't correlating, it isn't congruous inside of a person, we can sense that they're weird or off or somehow they aren't true to their word or trustworthy or good with our own vibe in some way. Happiness is an inside job. So is sorrow and pain, hatred, envy, greed, love, joy, trust, every emotion on the spectrum. Whatever you're feeling comes from within, and it's going to be projected or reflected outside of you. Those of you who are into human design know the reflectors and projector vernacular, but the law of correspondence states that your external environment is a reflection of what's going on within. And mental health professionals know that if someone is repressing their feelings and unable to look at themselves objectively, that they will project their flaws and emotions onto the people around them oh, look at that person over there. They're such a show-off or they're so selfish or X, Y, and Z as they drive around in their own showy cars or cut into line because they're in a hurry. People can justify their own behavior because they wouldn't dare to think of themselves as selfish or showy or any of those things. The reflection of one's own desk, house, or how they keep their car can be a direct correlation to how the mind works as well, but not always. Remember, we were talking about our physical environment earlier. Sometimes we just get busy and forget, or it can be an attempt to control our racing thoughts. But there are some areas of the world that you live in that are direct correlations to the way that you think. If your thoughts are scattered, disorganized, and overwhelming, you might have piles of paperwork stacking up and things that you have on your to-do list that are getting away from you, making you feel even more so the way that you do in the first place. It's a cycle, a pattern, and it sucks. (laughs) But if you break the pattern and the cycles and start to make progress in one area or the other, internally by doing a thought download and examining why you're thinking in circles, or externally by cleaning up the clutter or doing something about the things that are driving you crazy, you'll start to feel a reprieve. However, to make lasting positive change in this scenario, it's important to make changes to both and to put systems in place to help you get a handle on the overarching theme of why you feel that way. If you have external pressures that are too much responsibility to take on by yourself, if you're not managing your time, if you have thought errors like all or nothing thinking, if you feel like you have no advocate or ally in this world, or if there are other cognitive dissonances or you're otherwise spinning out in an area internally or externally. Watch the patterns, document what is happening, notice your thoughts, your emotions, and see what is different when you make different choices in your thought or action landscapes. If you're in a relationship or have someone in your inner circle that you just don't drive with and you feel like your moods are hijacked, go back and remember the other laws about vibration, action, oneness, and then consider correspondence. Are there changes that you can make to limit the time that you spend with this person to increase your positive vibes and potentially positively impact their quality of life as well? Can you take action to improve the relationship by communicating clearly what your needs are, 
setting boundaries of acceptable behavior or changing your thoughts toward them to become more compassionate? Are you able to ask a third party that you trust for help with perspective? Really having a healthy external landscape filled with people who make you feel good, who lift you up, and that you can support as well, will do worlds of good for you in your life and exponentially increase your chances of success at any endeavor. Even if it's an online presence, if you have people in your feed that you don't care to see, you can always unfriend or unfollow so you don't have to be around their vibe or have them in your circle of influence any longer. You get one life to live, And I'm all about making the most of it because you have agency over your decisions. And I would love to encourage you to change any sorts of negative patterns, habits, and whatever external things that you feel are having a negative impact on your internal landscape to improve your life for the better. It's what I do. It's ingrained in me to the very fiber of my being. As a life and mindset coach, an energy practitioner, and some sort of starseed, soul-contracted being of light who came here to leave this world in a better state than when I got here, I don't just dispense this information for the heck of it. (laughs) I want it to land and make an impact, to make you think, analyze your life, consider new perspectives, think about where you might be living in a story of, it's their fault I can't live my dream, and shift that to, I can live my dream, so I'll make changes about what's going on outside of me too. Seriously, we can change life. We can shift patterns. We can transmute negative feelings into positive action. And there are so many ways this can show up. That's yet another law that we'll explore later on in this series, and it's so, so good. I've literally transformed my life from one that was headed way down the wrong path into a force for good, using these universal laws that I had no idea existed. And I'm passionate about educating the world about how powerful each individual is. So it is my hope that you feel inspired from this wisdom, and hopefully you can share it with a friend, a relative, a neighbor about something that you think can help them too. Life is so short. It is what we make of it. And we have the power to change anything and everything into what we want if we just choose our desired outcome. As I wrap up today's episode, I would love to invite you to subscribe and leave a review if you haven't already. And thank you if you have. That means so much to me. You are the best, seriously, and I hope you're enjoying this little series. If you want to make a change in your life to take control of your destiny and get your goals faster, easier, with less mind drama about them, I'd love to invite you to book a no-cost consultation call with me via the link below in the show notes where we spend an hour together reviewing your life, your business, or your work goals, and we evaluate the patterns, the situations, and what you have going on specifically. It's super valuable, it's fun, and I enjoy connecting with you to share what is possible for you in your life. If you're driving and you want to remember an email address to send a note to later, that's info at quantumhighways.com. I'll drop that down below too, so feel free to reach out either way. 
I look forward to hearing from you and helping you on this journey of life and the pursuit of knowing yourself to attain all of your dreams. Remember that the law of correspondence is always at play. So if you don't like what you're seeing in your world, consider what you've got going on inside that beautiful mind of yours. If you haven't ever thought about your thoughts, it's kind of challenging sometimes, but that's my specialty and I can help you with that. Next week, we're going to explore another amazing universal topic, one that is absolutely proven time and again, the law of sowing and reaping. And I'm super excited to share with you about how this has shown up and all about it, like how it came to me different times. And I don't know, maybe you'll even hear some of my own journaling about this. See if I can find it. (laughs) I had to clean some things up a little bit. What's going on in my brain? (laughs) No, actually, I know exactly where it is because that's just how I roll. But we'll see. So hopefully you've gotten some value from this law of correspondence and your external landscape can reflect a little bit more lovely, a little bit more accepting, embracing, and what you want it to be because you're truly powerful, powerful beyond your wildest dreams. So until next time, take care.